You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd, and this is Tom Talks. Hello and welcome to one of the special holiday episodes of Tom Talks. Today we're going to be talking about Mission Impossible 2, Expect the Impossible Again. With me today is a very special guest. Her favorite movie is Herbie Fully Loaded. She has a four-month-old rescue puppy and she is a double Gemini with a Capricorn moon. Please welcome to my show Maddie Zacardelli. Maddie, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay. You know, home stuff. Sure. Are you, You're in Cleveland right now? Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland fun times always fun i'm in my parents uh murder basement uh sounds awesome right? there's a tapestry up that's not a murder basement that's classy uh, but but how is how is cleveland how are how is family my family's awesome they're i mean the kids are like obviously going insane because virtual school sucks but what are you gonna do i work True. literally 10 to 7 six days a week Ooh. Like in downtown Cleveland, it's killer. Sure. What? Are, where are you working? I work. So my best friend back home, Erica, her older sister owns two businesses. So I work for them like jointly, but mostly I work for Cleveland in a Box, which is like a Cleveland tourist-ish like custom box of Cleveland store. Okay. And so we support like a, a ton of local businesses. And we're in like a very historical building that kind of got revitalized and is surrounded by local business. So it's cool on one hand. It's just like a lot of work because holidays. Right. It, that, this is the busy season for I mean many, many businesses, but especially for like boxes and things. Yeah. We're getting so much like online traffic that we can't keep up with it. Like we physically cannot keep up with it. That's a good problem to have though. That's, you know, yeah, get, especially get good revenue COVID, for the like, At least they're not, you know, shutting down. Yeah. I, I uh, Something like 48 Chicago restaurants have closed permanently, which is not fun. A thousand temporarily, mm-hmm. but like 48 gone for good. And I'm not excited for that number to grow. You haven't told me much about your puppy. I heard you got a puppy. Yeah. What breed of puppy? What's its name? So his name is Elliot. He's a Chewini. So he's like a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. He's sure. the best. We call those he's, chorizos in my house. That's hilarious. I love it. We're convinced that he just like walks around the house all day saying, yo, quiero Taco Bell. So whenever we like narrate what he's doing, he'll be like walking around and we always say that. But he's really cool. He came from a rescue in Ohio. So when I came home to vote, I had just so happened a like applied for him on the Tuesday before I came home. And my aunt is, she's been like in rescue her whole life. And, you know, I got like involved in rescue a lot when I was younger. And so we like reached out to the lady and we were like, Hey, like, I know she literally got like a hundred applications for him in the first day. And I was like application number two. And she, she said she stopped even looking at them after mine. So like, it was very much like perfect match. I met him. I like voted on Saturday and then I got home and then I got right back in the car and went and met him. Mm-hmm. And then I signed the adoption papers like that Sunday and took him back to Chicago with me on Monday. That is phenomenal. I've seen photos. He's yeah. very cute. Very small. He's the little guy. He's four pounds. That's, that's super oh. exciting. Good. Good to see that you found a, a new 
quarantine pastime. What exactly. what else have you been up to in COVID? I mean, I've been honestly not doing a ton, but you know, like crafting here and there, definitely like I've been, I finally finished a blanket that I literally started freshman year of college. So, you know, that's progress. Yeah. Four years. That's, that's how long it takes to make a typical blanket. Um, I learned like the basics of embroidery, which is great. I basically decided that I only want to pick up like grandma hobbies from here on out. Yeah. Start, start while you're young. Get practice. Yeah, exactly. Like I should be able to crochet by the time I'm a grandma, if I start right now and do it like once a month for the next several years. Yeah. And then you'll have a bunch of fun homemade things. Once you'll have, you know, the sweaters, the sweaters you can make yourself. All those pot holders. It's great. It's awesome. That's, that's all you need. You also said you're a a double Gemini Capricorn moon. What does that mean? So I, my rising sign, which is like how I present to people is a Gemini. So there's a lot of like misconceptions about Geminis. People hate us for no reason because we're the best. Um, I think it means that I have like a very exciting personality. Like Gemini is supposed to represent like the duality of people. It's like represented as the twins. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like the two sides, like there's the calm and the crazy and there's the, the like, focused and the distracted and so like the two different parts kind of meld so I think that makes me very balanced it also means that like when things get funky in the stars like retrogrades and stuff I almost always like get affected sure and whether it's like real or if we just like to say it and use it as an excuse I think it's perfectly valid for me to just explain it away by telling people I'm a Gemini. Yeah. And the Capricorn moon part is what keeps me like functional as a human being. Because if I was just double Gemini, that would be like a little bit aggressive. So, yeah, that's yeah. like four people if it's double Gemini. Yeah, yeah. So we have to subdue that with the Capricorn moon. So that like affects my work ethic. That like makes me a person again. Sure. How how would I find out what my moon sign is and what my my sun sign like my second thing i know i'm a taurus i don't know anything past that so that's your sun sign okay and then you would find your rising and your moon by your location of where you were born and your time okay is it like by time zones or is it like county by county i'm very i'm very confused and excited honestly i don't know the science of how i just plugged it into like a little chart thing but i know that it's, it's basically like where the stars were in your sky when you were born. Okay. So you want to like know where you were, what time it was so that you can look at the sky in relation to you being born. Okay. I might, I might have to look into that. Cause I genuinely, yeah. I don't know what, I don't even know what Taurus means. It must mean I'm bullheaded or something like that. I, I, yeah. You're stubborn, you know, it's yeah. Fine. That's, that's good enough. That. That's all I need to know. You know, this is Tom Talks. We should probably talk some Tom, maybe. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, so how, how familiar would you say you are with uh, Tom Cruise's filmography? Not very, if I'm being honest. Um, in terms of movies, I really, I watch Herbie Fully Loaded once a month. And that's where I'm at in my brain. Sure. 
So you, so you haven't you haven't watched like any other movies this year, yeah, or like any other content that way? Uh, not not much, not much. Okay, well, of of any of the Tom Cruise movies that you may know, uh, what would you say your favorite is? Honestly, let me Google some Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> the I mean, because the ones you would probably know are Top Gun, Mission oh, yeah, Impossible. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, those classic yeah. ones. I uh, mean, if, if I were to pick one that I would recommend to you. So I know I've seen Top Gun several times. Oh, yeah, I like Rain Man. Rain Man's pretty good. Yeah, I think if I were to recommend one to you, I would either recommend Interview with a Vampire or Jerry Maguire. Those knowing you. I, I watched Jerry Maguire on your birthday. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. That's a fun one. But maybe Rain Man, maybe Top Gun is, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. These next two questions, and I guess one of them is not really a question, but uh, are things that I ask everyone on the show. What is the most Tom Cruise-y thing that you have ever done? Um, I whiten my teeth. That's, that is very <laughs> Tom Cruise-y. That's yeah. so simple, but that, that might be the most Tom Cruise answer I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I whiten my teeth, uh, you know, monthly. So I feel like that's pretty Tom cruise Okay, and then the next bit of Tom Cruisiness, I'm going to give you one minute to say anything that you could ever want to say to Tom Cruise. In case that Tom Cruise ever listens to this show, I'm going to supercut all of these minutes together. So you will have one minute where you can just say whatever you want to him. Ready? Begin. Hi, Tom Cruise. Um, it's very nice to talk to you. I'm so glad you could hear this. I am fascinated with the fact that you're a cancer because that means that you're clearly a very sensitive person and you're, you're sweet, you're kind, and you're a Scientologist. So that's crazy. So what I have to ask to you, Mr. Tom Cruise, is what do they have on you? What do they know that keeps you coming, that keeps you going to the Church of Scientology and asking what can the Scientologists do for you? And also, how many people have you recruited to Scientology? Because I know it's probably so many. And Leah Remini has to hate you. That must suck too. I just, I'm fascinated by your life. I think you're a very interesting person. And also, um, one final question, what tooth whitening paste do you use? That is all. <laughs> Those, those are some phenomenal questions. If he ever answers, I'll, yeah. I'll send, you, send you the response. I <laughs> hope transcript. that one day he hears this. I really do. It would be incredible. Somebody's got to push it through to him. Like at some point, somebody at some lower level is going to get it to somebody at a higher level. I've just got to I've got to send these episodes to like Ellen DeGeneres or something. And then they yeah. can make their way up. <laughs> Uh, and they'll, they'll bring me on the show and then Tom Cruise will scare me. And that's because that's the plot of the Ellen show. Uh, okay. I've never actually I've never seen any episodes of the Ellen show, but I just know that people scare people. That's all I know. And sometimes she brings like animals out. Like occasionally there's a sloth. What? Yeah, there was a sloth once. She surprised Kristen Bell with a sloth and Kristen Bell cried. Okay, I'm so, into that. You know, sometimes she surprises people with animals. You know, that that's a good premise. I yeah. think just like surprise people. She uh, also fights with Dakota Johnson. So what like physically? Not physically. 
they they just have they have beef now because she have you not seen this Dakota Johnson Ellen beef? I have no idea. Give, give me the Cliff's notes of the Dakota Johnson Ellen beef. The rundown is that Ellen had Dakota Johnson on her show and um, brought up the fact that Dakota Johnson allegedly had not invited Ellen to her birthday party. And Dakota Johnson said, that's not true, Ellen. And that's like the famous line because Ellen was in fact invited to Dakota Johnson's party and she just skipped it. And um, she tried, like Ellen tried to embarrass Dakota Johnson by saying that she had purposefully not invited her, but that was just a lie. And she thought Dakota was just going to take it. And she did not. This is really weird beef. Like, it is. It's and the internet new. has held on to it so tightly. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I've I've heard a bunch of terrible things of like Ellen behind the scenes, like treating her people terribly. But that beef feels more mundane than I was expecting. I kind of thought it'd be it's like very. It's just that nobody has ever crossed Ellen because she's like you know mid daytime queen, and so right. nobody even touches it, and. You know, whenever somebody has anything to say against Ellen that fights this, like, weird image of herself that she's put out to the world, it becomes, like, beef. That's so weird. But, yeah, so those are are my Tom Cruise questions. We'll go into a quick commercial break, uh, and after this, we'll uh, go into a Mission Impossible game. This is Tom Scared for the Borgen Project. Each year... Nearly two million children die from preventable diseases. Each day, 30,000 people die from hunger. 500 each hour are children. The Borgen Project is turning this around. We need your help. To learn more, go to borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd, and this is Tom Talks. I'm here with Maddie Zacardelli, and we are about to do an impossible mission. Maddie, our mission, should we choose to accept it, is in a 30-minute time period, we have to, to the best of our ability, make it through IMDb's uh, most popular celebrities uh, by Star Meter, and since it's a holiday episode, we have to figure out what we want to give them for Christmas. So we have to come up with Christmas gifts mm-hmm. for as many of the 100. Um, we'll, we'll figure out how many that is 
Some of them will take long. Some of them will be really quick, but we'll start from the bottom of the hundred. Cause honestly, they're better known actors at around the hundred range than at the number one range. Cause the number one is uh, who people are searching for the most. So they're people that are less known. So we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. We have no budget for this. And if we don't know who they are, then we can just say socks and a candle. And that's totally fine. I think we'll know who a lot of them are. Some of them, I have no idea, but others will be fine. And our 30 minutes starts now. Number 100 is Johnny Depp. What do we get Johnny Depp for Christmas? Can I get him his job back? Right? That's <laughs> I'm so sad for him. Yeah. Can we get him like justice? Can we get, oh, who is it? Amber Heard? Can we get Amber Heard fired from Johnny Depp for Christmas? God, please. Oh, but yeah, I think if we could give him anything for Christmas, it's justice. Yeah. Okay, 99, Karen Gillan. Uh, Guardians I've of the met Galaxy. Karen Gillan. You've met? Oh, right, because you were a Doctor Who fan. Sure was. How is she? Is she kind? Is she oh, tall? She's so sweet. She is, she's very tall. She just feels very, like, looming. She's this wonderful woman. She was wearing a wig, I think, when I met her, because she huh. was uh bald for a part for guardians of the galaxy yep shaved head for a bit so so what do we get her for christmas do we get her a wig she's not bald anymore though no she's not what could we get karen gillen i mean i would give her the world i love her i feel like at the very least we need to give her costume directors who don't put her in short shorts yeah i think but i don't think we can gift a person to a person you're right (laughs) So maybe that we just be, give her some wrong. pants? Yeah, I'd get her pants. I'd get her, you know what? I'd get her some technology. I'd get her an Apple Watch. Ooh, she would, I think because she would like an Apple Watch. Yeah, and I, it's utilitarian. It's, it's helpful. Everybody loves it. Yeah, you can call your family and exercise with the Apple Watch. I don't know. I don't have an Apple Watch. Yeah, I, I didn't use mine, so. I'm sure it has much functionality. Cool. Uh, 98, Tom Hardy. I'd get him cologne that smells, like, nice because I just feel like he smells like like a jerk. Yeah. He he definitely, he probably smells, like, musky, you know? Yeah. And I'd get him, like, a nice, a high-quality cologne. I'm surprised he doesn't, he might have his own cologne brand, but I bet it smells terrible. I bet yeah. it smells like the inside of a Camaro. Like... It probably, it smells like advanced axe oh like axe high intensity high octane oh yeah that's that's perfect mary holland is number 97 i don't know mary holland i i mean i've seen mike and dave need wedding dates but i cannot place her at all socks and a candle yeah socks and a candle socks and a candle okay keanu reeves at 96 this one do we get him 90s gear or do we bring him into this century I think we buy him one of those like trendy e-girl pairs of little sunglasses because they're inspired by him. But oh. we br- we bring him into the modern world here. Yeah, he would he would pull them off hardcore. He he needs to He'd stop wearing the the John Wick suit and start wearing like fashionable things. Like, have you seen those um, Nicolas Cage outfits recently? Yes, incredible. Oh, the the weird like flaming leather jackets and stuff that's what i want for keanu reeves 
just uh, high fashion. Oh yeah, high fashion Reeves. Luke Bracy, who who? I don't know him. Socks and a candle. Uh, Brad yeah, Pitt socks is and a candle. Brad Pitt's ninety four. We we know Brad Pitt though. We know Brad Pitt. Um, I'd get him a haircut. Yeah. I'm over this hair. I don't think it looks good on him. He's he's still very attractive, but not with this hair. 93, Henry Cavill. Oh, I love this is him. a hard one. It's a hard one, but I love him. I See, I would give him the world. I kind of want to just give him, I think he needs like a hatchet, honestly. Oh, yeah. Right, or like a nice firewood chopping axe, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or just a big hug. But that that'd be for me. I want him to give me a hug. <laughs> That's your gift. That's my gift from Henry Cavill. Oh, his shoulders. Anyways, <laughs> we don't have to focus on him for too long. Um, no. Aaron Moriarty's at number ninety-two. Look at her go. Yeah. I haven't started The Boys yet, so I don't know her. I I also but have I, not watched The Boys, so I've heard she's wonderful. So good for her, but. Socks and a candle from me. It's a, yeah, it's a socks and a candle. Uh, John Favreau. Ooh, I don't know what I'd give John Favreau. Maybe. I don't know either. Right? Honestly, a bowling ball. Like, like he's the kind of person who I think yeah. would want a bowling ball for Christmas. Maybe with his name engraved or like initials at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Make it I, personal. His, his stuff with like Mandalorian, we could give him Star Wars gear. We could give him stuff for chef and chef show. We could give him a nice set of knives, but he, he has a nice set of knives, but I don't think he has an engraved bowling ball. So that's where I'd lean. No, Who I is, agree. I love it. Yeah. Who's Gemma Arterton? No clue. No clue. Socks and a candle. She's number 90 uh, on star meter. So she must be in something currently other than Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. We'll go to 89. Carl Weathers. Wow, he's uh, making a comeback. Well, okay. I don't know if you know this about me, but I unironically adore Adam Sandler. I do. I can't sure. help it. I'm never going to stop. So I think he's great in Happy Gilmore. I would give him like a crocodile, like a stuffed crocodile. Yeah, that's In perfect. order to honor his, his, you know, Happy Gilmore character. Yeah. Or like if I could gift him an entire mini golf course, that would also feel right to me. Oh, yeah, money no object. I, like like if we could just build one in his backyard, I think that'd be dope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Uh 88's Randy Quaid. I recognize the name, I do not recognize the face. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, no. Brokeback Mountain Independence Day. I don't know. We'll get him some cowboy socks for Brokeback Mountain. Perfect. Yeah. Who is Alexis Wren? She's moved up uh, 16,000 places in Star Meter very recently. Well, what mo- What's deported? I have no that, idea. She's a model? Apparently her mother is a nutritionist expert. This is all the information we get on Alexis Wren. She's, oh, she's an internet celebrity. So that oh. makes sense that she very quickly moved up. That makes a ton oh, of sense. And deported isn't, even, deported isn't even out yet. It's 2021. Oh. Jeez. Okay. Well, you know, good for her. She's already in top 100. Um, about yeah. at the same level as Randy Quaid. But I think it's socks and a candle. Or, you know, an, a, yeah. 
a, an agent. And she doesn't need an agent. She has an agent, probably. She's doing very well. Sure. Yeah. I'll get her like a ring light because she's an internet celebrity. Right. That's. I feel like everyone who has a sibling who's trying to be an internet celebrity like gives them a ring light. Okay, 86, Gabby Espino, Spanish-speaking actress. I don't know her. Don't know her. Socks and a candle from me. Yep, socks and a candle. Alexandra Daddario. Okay. Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Do we... I mean, I did not like that movie. I did not enjoy the movie over the book. So I can't say much. I feel like the fact that she's in New Baywatch is very exciting. So I'll get her a bathing suit cover-up so that she doesn't have to slow motion run too exposed. Right, yeah. You, you give her a shawl or something. Maybe a big sweatshirt. Yeah, but it still says, like, lifeguard on it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Number 84 on the list, Tom Cruise. What do we, what do we give Tom Cruise for Christmas? Oh, he needs a special gift. He does, but I don't know what. Uh, he has the world. I mean, you know, what I, what I would do is I would give him his own space shuttle to get to the ISS because he's filming a movie on the ISS at some point soon, and I don't know how he plans on getting there. Uh, so I think that that's like a necessity that he's going to need in the future. I feel like we should also like, like how a, a private jet would have its own like crew we would have to send him up with like a crew right and honestly i want the crew to be the cast of apollo 13 uh so i want ed harris i want tom hanks piloting that space shuttle i love it all right 83 uh mrs loch ness taya sophie loch ness (laughs) i don't know who she is I don't know her, so enjoy your socks and your candle. Yep, socks and a candle. Millie Bobby Brown, though, we know. <laughs> there she is. Only, I'm surprised she's not higher with Enola having just come out. Um, That's true. I, but nobody saw Godzilla, King of Monsters, so I suppose mid-level. I, I'd get her a restraining order from Drake. That's what I'd get her. Yeah, that would be nice. Just to protect oh, her. She's like advertising for Google phones. I'd get her an iPhone. Get it together, girl. <laughs> That's too perfect. Um, That's okay. not horrible. Yeah, we do not endorse the Google Pixel here. Apple products only. No, no. <laughs> uh, Nick Robinson? Oh, I love him. He's in Love, Simon. Oh, He's Simon. that's him. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was... I was I was wondering where, because like Jurassic World, I vaguely remember him, but okay. What would, what would you get, yeah. Nick? Um, can I, can I deliver myself to him? Um, yeah. I love him. Okay, then that's the gift. The gift is me. <laughs> Do you want to be in a box like a puppy or in a cake like a stripper? Um, could I be in a box wrapped up like I'm a puppy, but then you open it up and I'm the stripper in the cake? Okay, yeah. That works. Yeah, we'll combine the two. <laughs> it's it's double. Number 80, Annie Murphy. Um, <gasps> Love I haven't her. seen Schitt's Creek. I need to, though. You need to watch Schitt's Creek. It's amazing. It's got so much representation. It It's just, it's so good. And Who Dan and she? Eugene Levy are my favorite people in the entire world. Yeah. Who is she in Beauty and the Beast? I don't know. That's real <laughs> confusing to me. Where? Oh, not. Oh, 
not CW show. Okay, not the movie with Emma Watson. No. <laughs> the CW that show. makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> I, I was like, she's not the. I was like, she's not the wardrobe. She's not like plumet. But okay, so what what would you get, Annie? Um, well, her character on Shit's Creek is like a kind of washed up little heiress and she um sings this song called a little bit alexis where she sings about all the nice things that she wants and she always says that she wants a big big yacht so i'd get her a big big yacht oh amazing that's that that's exactly what she needs (laughs) um Aaron Doherty. We're getting into a, a section that I don't know a lot of these people for no. for the next like five. So Aaron Doherty, un- unless you know her, I'd say socks and a candle. Socks and a candle. Yeah. Jesse Buckley. Don't know her. Socks and a candle. Yeah. Jenna oh, she's Malone. the little girl in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. So I know of her, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I haven't seen that either, but... It's supposed to be very good. I, I may I may have to check it out. So do we get her a self-help book? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. That's beautiful. That sounds great. Yeah. For for number 78, Jesse Buckley. Number 77, Jenna Malone, I recognize vaguely from Hunger Games. Is she, she's, what's her face? I can't think of the character's name, but yeah, I recognize her. I'd get her a pocket watch. I think she, she looks like she and would I don't like know, a pocket watch. I don't watch. know if I can defend it. Yeah. But she looks like the kind of woman who would like lift the pocket watch up and hold it very delicately and like look into it. So I'll look at her pocket watch. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, 76, Kelly Riley. Don't know her. Socks and a candle. Uh, 75, Clea Duvall. Also don't know her. Socks and a candle for me. Yeah, we've got about 13 minutes left. Let's see if we can make it. I think we can make it to 50 for sure. Alexander Skarsgård at 74. In this particular photo of him, I would get him a pair of pants. Yeah. I don't know why he is not wearing any pants in the photo on our screen. (laughs) I think that's perfect. He needs to put something on. Maybe a yeah. kilt, honestly. With a name Ooh. like Scarsguard, he's got to oh, yeah. wear kilts. Um, Beautiful. Margot Robbie. Oh. Um. I might want to get her just like another pair of um, Louboutins, you know? Christian yeah. Louboutins. I think. Yeah, just like a nice pair of heels. She's a very classy actress. Yeah. And you can never, you can never have too many Christian Louboutins, you know? Exactly. Maybe you can't. I honestly have no idea. You you know, one seems like a lot, but two might be better. 72, Alexander Ludwig. Well, he's in Vikings, so I think he would look cool in a full Viking costume, like accurate to time period costume. So I will get him that. With all the furs and stuff. I like it. 71, Catherine Heigl. Um, I don't know her. She, I would get her... She's wearing a lot of nice jewelry. I would get her like a very nice pair of earrings. She's another like well-known actress. What do you get somebody who has everything more expensive things? I'll get her like diamond earrings. Sure. I like classy studs. You can never go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Darby Camp? Don't know Darby. She's only in the Christmas Socks Chronicles and, and the Christmas Chronicles too. Yeah, socks and a candle. <laughs> but they'll be Christmas themed socks because of apparently her love for the christmas chronicles franchise incredible um, 
Amelda Staunton? Is that she's in Harry I Potter? I think that's Umbridge. That's Umbridge. We're giving her a Umbridge, lump of coal. Yeah, coal only. Demon woman. Yeah, not not about that life. Um, sixty-eight. Gabriel Basso. Don't know him. Yeah, no. Uh, socks and a candle. Um, Julian Dennison at sixty-seven. I I recognize. I've seen. Deadpool 2, and I think I've seen Hunt for Wilder People, but not in a long time. Yeah, I can't place him, but I'd get him, like, a trending cookbook or or something else that would ignite a hobby. He seems like a person that would be in pursuit of a hobby. Yeah. that that The look on his face really screams, I need a hobby. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Ooh, I like that he's in number... He's, like, in the top 100. He's at 66. That's... That's Press cool. It. I don't know what I'd get him though. Probably grill tools. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a good set of tongs. I'd get him. I'd get him like just for men, so that he could. Because I know he's going for the the gray look, but it's not there yet. So just just cover it up for now. Wait until there's a little bit more gray, then let it shine. Sixty-five emerald fennel. I'd get her socks and a candle, but she seems very nice. Yeah, she she looks nice. She's a promising young woman. Uh, but socks and a candle from me. Maria Bakalova. Bakalova? Oh, this is Borat's daughter from Borat. Oh. The second Borat. I have not seen the second Borat. I haven't seen the first oh. Borat. You, you, the second one is very good, very relevant. The first one, a little bit less relevant, so it's not as good. Yeah, uh, but what do we get her then? I just get her, like, more, more jobs. I would encourage her to go into more things because she was great. And so I would get her a very good agent, the top agent yeah. that I could get her. Uh, Kelly Brook, I don't know her. She's in Piranha I 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Socks and a candle. <laughs> Socks and a candle. Uh, Sasha Banks at 62. Um, well, my sister had a weird wrestling phase. So my sister would probably know who this is, but I don't. So Socks and a candle. Oh, wait, you- The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm not caught up, so don't tell me about this recent episode, but she's the one oh, I won't. in the episode with Ahsoka. She's the one um, oh, who fights Ahsoka. Didn't even put that together. So maybe we give her yes. like a legitimate, like an actual spear? That could be cool. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, this is a fun And maybe fun like prop. a cool like fighting outfit for her to, you know, go in. Yeah, fun, fun ring wear. Uh, 61 is Helena Bottom Carter? I like that she's up here. I'm I know, that's that. impressive. Yeah, because of um, Enola Holmes, probably. Oh, yeah. Now, what would I What would I give her? Right? I don't know. It, that's tricky. I feel like a really nice tea set, but it's like instead of like ornate flowers or something, it's like bones. Oh, I love Painted that. on it. That's a great idea. Like yeah, like very, commission a tea very, set like, to delicate, be made. handmade. Yes, yeah. love it. Perfect. Oh, Sarah Paulson. Oh, I love Sarah Paulson. Her new movie on Hulu is so good. I what movie? Um, I haven't. Se- I don't know if I've seen it. It's called Run. It's about Munchausen by proxy. Ooh. It's like another one of those. Fun. So it's it's very good. She does a great job in it. What would I get her? Well, I would get her. I would send her and her girlfriend on a wonderful getaway because they're a very cute couple. I'm into that. And so I think they deserve a little trip. Yeah, send them to 
I was going to say Cape Cod, but nobody wants that. Um, what am I thinking of? Mm-hmm. The one I'm thinking of Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> but I said Cancun, Cape yeah. Cod. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cape Cod, close enough. Yeah, it's basically Cancun. Um, number 59, yeah. Amber Heard. I'd give her a lump of coal. Lump of coal. Not even that, honestly. Like, coal is useful. I would not give her that. Uh, I'd give her nothing. A flaming pile of poop. Yeah, perfect. On her front step. Yep. Uh, number 58, Emily Hampshire. She's great. She's in Schitt's Creek, too. Um, I would give her, like, a nice towel set. Yeah. Maybe with her monogram, just because that's fun and classy and something that people don't think to buy for themselves. True. I definitely, I feel, yeah. I don't think you can buy monogram towels for yourself because then you're just like, at that point, you're so full of yourself. Like Tom Cruise has definitely bought monogram towels for himself. Definitely. His don't even, his aren't even a monogram. His just say Tom Cruise. Okay. Why is Vanessa Hudgens first role that she's known by High School Musical 3? It was the highest grossing. <laughs> it was? It, it must be. I think it might have been. Honestly, because it was my sister is a freshman in high school right now, and she remembers High School Musical three above all the others. Okay, that that must make sense. I don't. I feel like I would, as a gift, I would give her like I would get her sampled on a Billie Eilish song. Oh, because I think that'd be a fun collab. She has a song called Sneaker Night that I used to sing consistently on Disney Sing It. So I would get her like custom like vans or custom converse okay like like fancy fancy sneakers that makes sense yeah fancy sneakers i like that uh 56 emma roberts i would get emma roberts a burberry coat okay i like that we have three minutes left let's try let's let's do lightning round lightning round i'll i'll rattle off the names you give them a gift um natalie allen lind don't know her socks and a candle alexander brecken alexandra breckenridge uh i'll give a socks and a candle again okay Catherine o'hara oh my god literally i'll give her the entire universe i would give her every dollar in my bank account okay and a hug matilda de angelis uh socks and a candle lucas gage eyeliner because euphoria <laughs> Sure. Uh, Sarah Highland. Oh, I love her. Um, I would give her the gift of good health because she has health problems. Okay. Jessica Camacho. <laughs> Socks and a candle. Taylor Momsen. Like an endless amount of eyeliner and eyeshadow. Oh, she needs it. It um, must take so much. Oh, there's so much in that photo. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Oh, I would give him a sweater, a cozy turtleneck sweater. Mm-hmm. Kate Mara. Uh socks and a candle allison brie everything um i would get her also a very nice sweater mm-hmm. a very nice cashmere sweater potentially yeah bryce dallas howard i would give bryce dallas howard a, a ford f-150 truck because i think she'd look badass driving it she would uh morena Baccarin. socks and a candle uh tamsin egerton also socks and a candle yeah horatio sands uh the bachelorette i don't know like a, a real chance of dating someone <laughs> cole hauser <laughs> um socks and a candle uh bella thorne uh like one of those bedazzled little crop top things um yeah. nicole kidman <laughs> i would get nicole kidman a like a paisley 
dress, like a, a Lily Pulitzer dress. Yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, socks and a candle. Uh, 30 seconds left. Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, God. I have no clue. I would get him a pinstripe suit. Ooh, that's good. Kate, Katie Cassidy. Socks and a candle. Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he, he's the person that eats people. I would give him those gummy body parts. Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> oh, she's so good. Uh, she's doing a thing right now. I would get her like a sequin dress. Okay. It's very similar to the one she's wearing. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Schroeder. Uh, socks and a candle. Olivia Coleman. Uh, I would get Olivia Coleman uh, one of those circle scarves. Oh, an infinity scarf? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she looks like she'd wear an infinity scarf. <laughs> he definitely oh, does. We had 30 left. We got through 70 <sighs> gifts. Wow. Um, we did pretty good. Uh, our mission, I would say, is a success. 70% is a passing grade. So we succeeded Amazing. in our impossible mission. We knew it was impossible, but we can get 70% of the impossible. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome job. Virtual high five. Nice. Woo. That's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for for coming on Tom Talks today. Of course. Thank you for having me, even with my limited knowledge of Tom Cruise. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Now it's time to listen to Take a Look Around by Limp Biscuit. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Radio DePaul. I'm Connor Mudd, and this is Tom Talks. You just heard a Limp Biscuit song. I'm sorry that I had to show you a Limp Biscuit song today, but, you know, the, the soundtrack of Mission Impossible 2 is a wild one. I'll, I'll start with that, honestly, because it's weirder than the rest of the movie, and the rest of the movie is really strange. The soundtrack includes uh, Limp Biscuit, Metallica, Rob Zombie, The Butthole Surfers, The Pimps, The Foo Fighters, Godsmack, Buck Cherry, Powderfinger, Tori Amos, and uh, a Spanish guitarist. It's a really interesting studio album, honestly, and if you're a fan of heavy metal or heavier grunge uh, and really like the year 2000, this might be the album for you, honestly. We'll go into a little bit of a plot synopsis of Mission Impossible 2, followed by some fast facts and fun facts and, uh, you know, data breakdown the way that we always do. This movie begins with biochemical expert Dr. Vladimir Nikorovich sending a message to the IMF specifically for Ethan Hunt, who is an old friend of his. The message warns that his employer, Biosite Pharmaceuticals, uh, forced him to develop a biological epidemic to profit from its remedy. He arranges to meet with Ethan and deliver the Chimera virus and its cure, Bellerophon. With Ethan on vacation and incommunicado, he's in Utah rock climbing uh, during this sequence, the IMF sends Sean Ambrose, disguised as Ethan, to meet Nikorovich on a passenger plane. Ambrose then goes rogue and kills Nikorovich and steals Bellerophon before his men destroy the plane. IMF Commander Swanbeck informs Ethan of the circumstances of Nikorovich's death, and they determine that Ambrose is responsible. Swanbeck tasks Ethan with recovering the virus and its cure, and has him recruit Naya Nordoff Hall, a professional thief presently operating in Seville, Spain. Naya was recruited as part of the team because she is Ambrose's ex-girlfriend. Ethan reluctantly convinces her to spy on Ambrose, but obviously there's some trust issues. Ethan assembles his team, which includes computer expert Luther Stickle and pilot Billy Baird in Sydney, Australia, where Biosite Laboratories are located and Ambrose is staying. As Ethan stakes out Biosite, Naya rekindles her former relationship with Ambrose and relays information to Ethan's team. At a horse racing event, 
Ambrose meets with Biosite CEO John McCloy. He shows McCloy a memory card video of Chimera affecting one of Nikorovich's colleagues before blackmailing McCoy into cooperating with them. Naya steals the camera's memory card and delivers it to Ethan. They learn that Chimera has a 20-hour dormant period before it causes death by mass destruction of the victim's red blood cells. Bellerophon can only save the victim if used within that 20-hour window. When Naya discreetly returns the memory card to Ambrose, he notices it is in the wrong pocket of his jacket. Ethan's team kidnaps McCloy to force him to give up Bellerophon. However, the only Bellerophon samples were taken by Nikorovich and are now in Ambrose's hands. Ambrose has the cure, but does not have the virus. Unbeknownst to him at the time, Nikorovich injected himself with Chimera to smuggle it out of Biosite. Ambrose plans to exchange a sample of Bellerophon to McCloy for a sample of Chimera. Ethan's team breaks into Biosite to destroy the virus before the exchange can take place. Ambrose, posing as Ethan, tricks Naya into revealing the plan, then captures Naya and raids Biosite to secure the virus. Ethan is able to destroy all but one of the Chimera samples uh, before Ambrose intervenes, and then a firefight ensues because, well, this is an action movie. Uh, it all culminates in the sample being dropped on the floor between Ambrose and Ethan. Ambrose orders Naya to retrieve the sample. She instead injects herself with it, preventing Ambrose from simply killing her after she retrieved it for him. Naya insists that Ethan kill her to destroy the virus, but Ethan is unwilling to do so because, you know, morals. Ambrose takes Naya away as Ethan escapes from the laboratory. Ambrose releases Naya to wander the streets of Sydney in a daze, intending to start a pandemic. Oof. He offers to sell Bellerophon to McCloy in exchange for stock options to make him Biosite's majority shareholder. He predicts that the price of Biosite's stock will skyrocket due to the demand for Bellerophon after the Chimera outbreak. Ethan infiltrates the meeting and steals the remaining samples of Bellerophon. While Ethan is pursued by Ambrose's men, Luther and Billy locate Naya, who has wandered to a cliffside, intent on killing herself to prevent an eventual outbreak. Ethan kills Ambrose's men, but Ambrose chases after him to a beach where Ethan defeats him in a brutal fight. It is a really, really brutal fight. With little time left on the 20-hour countdown, Luther reaches Ethan at the beach. As Ethan is about to give Luther the Bellerophon canister, Ambrose recovers and points a gun at Ethan. Ethan throws the Bellerophon canister to Luther and jumps away from Ambrose's shot while kicking up a gun from the sand, which he uses to shoot Ambrose. Luther injects Naya with Bellerophon in time to cure her. The IMF clears Naya's criminal record, and uh, Ethan starts his vacation with her in Sydney. So he started the movie on vacation, he ended the movie on vacation. I kind of want to go a little bit into the scene, the, the fight scene, because it's a little ridiculous. So that fight in the final scene... Ethan delivers 16 body blows, seven kicks to the head, and four body slams to Sean, and Sean is still alive. Sean delivers 12 body blows, four kicks to the head, and three body slams, and one rock to the head, and Ethan is still alive. And this is all after they both collide at over 100 miles an hour combined speed and falling 50 feet off a cliff before the fight begins. 
this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's this fight sequence is really the quintessential moment of the film. The the moment where it's just the most ridiculous stunt filled fight with over the top choreography, and it is really fun to watch, honestly, because they they are riding at each other on motorcycles, jump off the motorcycles, kick each other midair, and fall fifty feet. And then they have a big fight sequence where there's a knife that's like half a centimeter from Tom Cruise's eye and he's doing all his own stunts. So it's a really interesting fight sequence, but it's so bad. It's, it looks so dumb, which is partially because it is the most over-the-top director in all of Hollywood. The director is, of course, John Woo, who did A Better Tomorrow and Red Cliff and Face Off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. If you haven't seen that Dove-filled movie, you need to. It is ridiculous and over-the-top and everything that John Woo is. And Mission Impossible 2 echoes all those same motifs. This movie's written by two people who only write Star Trek scripts. And then the screenplay was done by the person who did the screenplay for the first Mission Impossible. So it's uh, Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga Pretty much, they work on Star Trek, uh, Battlestar Galactica, and The Orville. Those are their projects. So they only work on Star Trek and Star Trek similar things. And Robert Town, of course, did Chinatown, Mission Impossible, Days of Thunder. He did screenplay work for uh, several Tom Cruise movies. In the cast, Sean Ambrose is played by Dugray Scott, who is in um, Ever After, A Cinderella Story, and Hitman, and the third movie in the Taken franchise. Naya is played by Tandy Newton, who is in Westworld and Crash and Pursuit of Happiness and the most recent seasons of Big Mouth. She plays one of the hormone monsters. Uh, Luther is Ving Rhames. We love Ving Rhames. Pulp Fiction, Bringing Out the Dead. We've talked about Ving Rhames before. Hugh is played by Richard Roxburgh, who is in Moulin Rouge and Van Helsing. McCloy is played by Brendan Gleeson who was in The Guard and Cavalry and in Bruges. He's, he's an Irish guy. That's why they named the character McCloy. And then Mission Commander Swanbeck is none other than Anthony Hopkins. This is one of uh, Anthony Hopkins' couple times of working with Tandy Newton. Uh, they were in Westworld together, and Anthony Hopkins is just a brilliant actor. This is the only Mission Impossible film that he is in. Let's go into some fun facts for the movie. This movie was originally three and a half hours long. It was cut down, of course, to only two hours and three minutes. Um, but the initial cut of the film was three and a half hours and it was rated R. This is John Woo's first PG-13 film. He wanted the stunts to be a lot more intense, a lot more violence, but the studio wanted it to be PG-13. So they cut about an hour and a half of content from the initial John Woo cut. And if the full John Woo cut is out there somewhere, I want to see it because I think three straight hours of even more intense, violent John Woo stunts would be so much fun to watch. This movie was actually, it was so long that Tom Cruise locked John Woo out of the editing room so that he could get some cuts in. There's a, a sequence in the movie where Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle through fire and he did that without any protective gear. It wasn't a stuntman. It wasn't, uh, there, there was no gel or fireproof jacket. He just went straight through the fire. This script was pretty much written around the action sequences. John Woo came up with probably about 200 action sequences and told the script writers like, hey, I want these, make a script. This is also a movie that kind of ruined some opportunities for a couple of the actors on the set. 
Tanny Newton had to turn down a role as one of Charlie's angels, which would have been a huge boost to her career. And this movie didn't really kick off her career in the way that I think Charlie's angels could have. And um, Dugray Scott, who is really not in a lot and the stuff that he's in is kind of like sequels and villain roles. He had to turn down the role of Wolverine in order to be in this movie because this movie's schedule went so over. So this movie had a potential Charlie's Angel and a potential Wolverine, and they both had to say no because they were doing this terrible, terrible movie. This, I think, is the worst rated Mission Impossible, if I'm remembering correctly. Because the Mission Impossible movies are generally good, but this one is just so over the top. It doesn't have the subtlety that some Mission Impossibles kind of bring to it. Like the initial Mission Impossible had a convoluted plot. And other than the final sequence with the helicopter in the tunnel, it was all pretty plausible. This one's a little ridiculous. Uh, and of course, the later ones, the, stunt get, the stunts get crazier and Tom Cruise gets crazier. But this one, it really was a, a, a little bit of a disappointment on the Mission Impossible front. Regardless, it's still enjoyable-ish. Uh, as we all know, I, I rate these movies on uh, scales of enjoyment, engagement, quality, iconography, and the Tom Cruise factor. And this movie ends up with a pretty moderate score, just about par, pretty much, which is below average for a Mission Impossible movie, but uh, you know, it's above some of his worst films. So I gave it about an eight for enjoyment because it wasn't super enjoyable, uh, but I was very engaged. I'd say low quality in the scheme of things because there was plot holes and a bunch of stuff missing because an hour and a half of this movie was cut out of it. It had it had the full breadth of what John Woo wanted. I think it would have been a higher quality film. Uh, iconography, pretty iconic. Not going to lie. The scene where Tom Cruise is climbing the, the rock formations in Utah iconic the scene where they have the the two motorcycles that fly at each other and they kick iconic tom cruise riding a motorcycle through fire iconic so i give it a 15 uh because a lot of people know the the action sequences from this movie when they think of tom cruise action movie they think of this uh and tom cruise factor had to give it a 20 because there's prosthetic masks there is sexual tension in a car chase that's not something that many actors and many characters can really do and that's something that he pulls off in this movie uh and so on the whole 63 out of 100 my my average all told is about 62 so i'm not too surprised by this it, it's lower than the other mission impossibles but it's higher than some of his really really bad movies like it's higher than days of thunder but we knew that was going to be the case but yeah, that's that's Mission Impossible 2 with the hit tagline, expect the impossible again. And that's it for our episode. That's all the time that we have. So as always, stay gold, pony boy. <laughs>